marijuana is legal in 33 states for medicinal purposes and protected by the Rohrabacher Farr Amendment of 2014, limiting the ability of federal law to be enforced in states where it has been legalized. California was the ringleader of legalization with the passing of its controversial Proposition 215 in 1996. But the real question is whether all of this controversy is worth it. Is marijuana proven to be a safe, effective treatment for diseases? That's where the federal government can't quite certify its efficacy in order to regulate it. We'll hear more about this somewhat tangled web of legalization, regulation, and prescription from Dr. Heather Manos, board-certified addiction specialist at Novant Health. Well, Dr. Manos, thanks for being with us again today. You know, our, our last episode, we talked a little bit about CBD oil and clar clarified some of the myths around that, but I'd love to jump into medical marijuana. You know, is it really the stuff that people are using recreationally? Right, so we talked about this a little bit or alluded to it in the last podcast, but um, Cannabis is sort of the umbrella for both CBD and medical marijuana. So cannabis sativa is the, the plant that both are derived from. Um, marijuana and hemp are two different species of that plant. So the THC molecule, which is the psychoactive uh, cannabinoid that comes from the marijuana plant um, is is actually the same one that's used recreationally, yes. And it has been shown to have some medical benefit, I would say less than CBD appears to have, um, but, but it's, it, it has shown some benefit in certain populations. So what are some things that medical marijuana would be prescribed to treat clinically. Right, so I'm assuming you're talking about the, the psychoactive form? Yes. Yes, okay. So THC has been shown and actually has been purified and placed in medications, two medications that have been uh, approved by the FDA to treat uh, chemotherapy-induced nausea and vomiting and also to treat uh, AIDS-related anorexia or weight loss associated with HIV or AIDS and the more progressed form of HIV. Um, there have been more controversial reports that it treats other things, of course, like pain. Um, there's less actual data to show or to support that it does that, though a lot of the different studies are somewhat controversial or somewhat, you know, one study will show one outcome, another study will show a, a different outcome. So um, I would say it's a lot of the controversy, controversy comes from the fact that, you know, it is illegal per the federal government and very difficult to research. So, Dr. Minos, what was the indication in research leading to legalized access with this prescription? That's an interesting question. I'm not sure that there was one pivotal study. I think that there is an overall societal consensus that 
marijuana um, is perhaps not as um, harmful in terms of its health effects as alcohol or tobacco and there are people that have reported medical benefit so sort of this push just to you know why are people being arrested for using marijuana when it's used so widely and there are folks who get a benefit from it I think that that really has pushed legalization more than anything um, but certainly, it, like I said, it has shown efficacy in treating those two indications. In other countries, in Canada and in uh, the UK, so United Kingdom, it has been used to treat chronic pain and spasticity, uh, so in neurodegenerative disorders such as multiple sclerosis. Um, and there is a drug, I believe it's called nabiximol, and it is a one-to-one -one ratio of THC and CBD, and it has been approved for, for, the, for chronic pain and spasticity and is widely used wow. in those countries, but is not approved here in the United States. So medical marijuana is the... Um the drug which requires you to have a card, correct, to be able to get it? Correct. So it depends on the state. So there's different processes in different states because it is regulated on that state level and still illegal per the federal government, a Schedule One controlled substance per the federal government. Um, so it just, it really depends on state by state. It may be that you know, a doctor certifies that you can use the medication or the um, use marijuana for medical purposes, then you have to apply to, you know, the state health department uh, for the card and pay a fee, and then you can go to a dispensary. Um, there's different ways that have been legalized in, in states for accessing marijuana, so in some states it's dispensaries, some states allow you to grow it at home, um, so it's really just, it depends on the state. What is, what is the conversation that I could have with my doctor around medical marijuana, um, and, and what are some things as a doctor that you would ensure that I have a clear understanding about around this particular topic? Um, well, I think another thing that I wanted to add to the last uh, question that you'd asked too is that there's a lot of indications that different states certify for, um, it can be chronic pain, spasticity, inflammatory bowel disease, you know, the AIDS-related anorexia, chemotherapy-related nausea, vomiting, cancer patients, it's been shown to decrease pressure in the eye for glaucoma epilepsy, seizure disorders, et cetera. But um, depending on state to state, um, one state may certify marijuana use for certain problems and then it may not be certified in a different state. So let's say I get approved in the state of California for 
the use of marijuana for pain it may not be certified for pain in another state so that becomes another complex regulatory layer um, because of the state regulations being different um, in terms of discussion with a physician um, that has been sort of a controversial topic because there have been reports of you know, a dispensary being you know, 2900, et cetera, Boulevard, and 2901 <laughs> on the same boulevard being the doctor's office that prescribes that medical marijuana for whatever indication that the patient needs. So, you know, just sort of the regulation on how this occurs. Um, again, because marijuana is not regulated by the FDA or the federal government, Doctors can simply certify that it can be used or, or not for the state's approved medical indi indications. There is no way for a doctor to say in this dose for this period of time, it's just that you have the card or you don't. Um, you know, of course, if, if there was a, a pill given, like the um, it, there's dronabinol, that's the 100% synthetic marijuana pill that's given, you know, for the AIDS-related anorexia or wasting, or the nausea and vomiting associated with chemotherapy. Then that's sort of a different thing, but it's it's sort of yes or no, and then you go to the dispensary or wherever you access it, and you're on your own, really. Um, to navigate that and that's where it comes down to you know this lack of regulation and not really knowing the percentage of THC and difficulty in dosing and, and it's sort of a trial and error process and and um, not highly regulated. So if I understand you right once I get the card from my doctor and I go to whatever outlet um, sells marijuana that really I, I have the card, I now have access in essence, and there's just no way of knowing exactly what I need and what I'm getting on both ends of the spectrum. Right, so you don't, a doctor, again, gives you the card, you go to a dispensary, the dispensary may say, you know, this product has this percentage of THC and this percentage of CBD. You don't really know if that's true because there's no regu regulation and you don't necessarily know what percentage you need. It's sort of experimenting to see what works best for you. Um, and people have gotten into trouble with the edibles because the onset of action takes a lot longer than you know smoking or vaping marijuana and so people you know they don't know that they need to wait one two three hours for the effect and will continue eating you know the brownies or gummy bears or whatever it is that that has the um, the medical marijuana and you know end up sort of intoxicated on on THC so uh, and, and that can cause psychotic events and, and be harmful in that way and, and certainly intoxication for driving and put and put people at risk in that way.
very interesting. Um, anything else you'd like to add around medical marijuana um, that you feel like a consumer really needs to know to be um, equipped to manage it appropriately? Well, I just think that there has been this public perception because of the legalization um, that marijuana does not have any risks and, you know, it clearly has has risks. So Dr. Manos, this has been very interesting and I want to make sure that we have every opportunity to equip our consumers with information around this subject. What else do we need to know so that we can manage um, the use of medical marijuana um, appropriately? Right. So, you know, I think with the current landscape with legalization, even for recreational use, you know, there's this perception that there are no adverse effects of marijuana. And that just is not the case. You know, it may or may not be as uh, risky as alcohol use. You know, that really has yet to be determined. But um, certainly there are adverse effects of short-term use and of long-term use. Um, short-term use can cause impaired short-term memory, making it difficult for folks to learn and to retain information. It can cause impaired motor coordination. Um, this can cause impaired driving skills and increase the risk of accidents. Um, certainly, uh, judgment is altered, you know, can increase the risk that people participate in high-risk sexual activities and other things that they normally would not participate in. Um, and then, then in high doses, it causes paranoia and psychosis. And then the effects of long-term or heavy use of marijuana um, can cause addiction. Um, addiction is present in, present in about 9% of users overall and in about 20% of those that begin to use in adolescence, um, and even 25 to 50% of daily users. Great information. I, I'm glad that you took the time to really talk about some of these risks, um, you know, because it is widely thought that marijuana has low risk, and so it's, it's really good to know that if you do make a decision um, or you are in agreement with your doctor just to be aware of some of the other impacts it may have to not only yourself but other people in the community um, based on how you're using it and what you choose to do. So thank you Dr. Manos for being with us. This was great information um, and I think we absolutely put some context around what medical marijuana is, what are some of the risk factors, and you know, what that conversation should be between you and your doctor. Thank you for having me today. Whether you have access from your doctor or not, medical marijuana has some inherent risks. For those that experience relief from symptoms of painful or debilitating disease, the legalization of marijuana has been a gift, but for many it remains a mystery. Without solid research and regulated prescription, we may never know the full story on the benefits of this drug in its clinical capacity. In the meantime, I hope you walk away with a bit more understanding around the topic and how to manage it safely to remain in good health. I'm Brandi Edwards, and I thank you for listening. 
please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to In Good Health, a Novant Health podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you choose to listen to us.